Hello there, everybody. Welcome back. This is the MMA Amigos podcast. You've got Gabe here, your host. I'd like to welcome back my good buddy, Alex. Howdy, howdy. Appreciate you having me again. He appreciates it. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Um, Yes, great to have Alex back here to the podcast. Unfortunately, we don't have tiny feet, but we will. <laughs> uh, Carlos and I will be recording another episode this week later down the line. Uh, that'll just be us kind of going over the post fight or sorry, the pre fight pressers as well as the weigh ins and stuff. So look forward to that. And, uh, we'll kind of break down just a little bit more of the upcoming fights just the night before. Cause I think a lot of things can change, especially after the, the weigh ins, dude. I don't know if, uh, did you get a chance to watch the weigh ins, uh, last main event with Sean Strickland and Duplessis? Uh, no, I don't think I really ever watch weigh-ins. Yeah. And and again, like, I think that's definitely something that I think it's something that like, kind of separates like a casual fan versus somebody that's more into it, you know? Yeah. Cause I, dude, I love watching the weigh-ins. I think it it can tell a lot about how a fight's going to go down. Um, especially if a fighter's looking like very, very, uh, kind of gassed, uh, for the wins and yeah. stuff. Cause it's weird, man. People look so flushed and too skinny. Like they look like they're going to die. So I think that's something to look mm-hmm. out for, but yeah, I like watching the wins and then I like, uh, watching all the pre fight pressers as well as the fight week videos that UFC puts out. Those are actually a lot of fun a lot of the time. So I employ you mm-hmm. to watch them or I'll kill you. <laughs> well, also with the, uh, the weigh-ins, Especially when you got, uh, you know, particular fighters like <laughs> like Kamzad or uh, anyone from Brazil. <laughs> you never really know what uh, what weight they're going to be coming in at. <laughs> uh, classic. Uh, what Alex is referring to is, so Kamzad Jemayev, um, he's an up-and-coming fighter. Well, not up-and-coming. I think he's definitely made, his, uh, made waves into the divisions, but... He uh, is very bad at making weight, and so is Paulo Costa. Paulo <laughs> Costa has—I don't think he's made weight for his last two fights. And the fight before Marvin Vittori, I think, I think it was a fight with Izzy. I don't remember quite exactly, but um, one of those fights, he was over like ten pounds, which is insane. That's actually crazy to be over that yeah. by that much, uh, especially considering when you go fight. And I guess that's probably something we should explain, but. As we've spoken about in the last uh, episodes regarding like weight classes and whatnot, when you fight in a certain weight class, you're expected to make that weight. And so the reason for that is because your other your opponent most likely is going to make weight, and it would be unfair to be heavier than your opponent opponent um, prior to the or during the fight. Mind you, most fighters are going to fluctuate quite a bit during the fight actual the actual fight but prior to they need to be able to make that weight and if you go over sometimes the fights can be called um most of the time the uh president dana white will actually just take some of your purse your purse being in this case like your payout for the night but yeah so i like the reference because paulo costa is an absolute menace and he uh doesn't deserve to have any money because he's a mook <laughs> didn't uh hasn't olive oil or uh, olive era um 
missed weight more yeah. than once before too. Yeah, Oliveira also missed. He, uh, I, oh man, I want to say that his title was stripped because he missed weight. I don't remember though. Let me get back to you on that. I will find out because um, I'm not 100% sure. Or if it, it may have been that he was going to fight for another title, but he didn't make weight, so they yeah. couldn't call it a title fight. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We can, uh, we'll, fact, we'll fact check that in just a few minutes. So maybe it's um, unfair for me to call out uh, <clears throat> the whole Brazilian roster <laughs> when I can only think of two guys <laughs> that have missed weight <laughs> consistently. But um, no, I think uh, it's funny. You, did you bring up uh, the the Brazilian roster because Costa's fighting in this card, or was that just by yeah? Chance? Oh yeah, because of Costa and okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's he's on this card. Mind you, though, Costa's like an exciting fighter. I oh, definitely sure. don't. I don't think he deserves to be so high up in the division as he is now. Uh, it's very surprising he's number six, but I don't know. Anyway, um, probably too harsh for me to say that, but he could <laughs> whoop my ass any day. So, and, <laughs> um, I was going to mention something else. I totally spaced it, but yeah. So this week leading up to the fights, we have several. So the UFC puts out a um, like a like a behind the scenes almost of the fighters. Daily, so I uh, again I do suggest you guys watch that because they they can be very insightful as well as uh, you get to know the fighters more and you kind of get an idea of like oh you know what? I actually really like this guy or blah 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 you know whatever it might be and then we've got the pre-fight presser that's going to be Thursday usually held at six p.m. Mountain Standard Time sometimes earlier depending if they're in a different state um, but most of the time around that that uh, six p.m. and then the following morning. Friday is when they do their weigh-ins and after that they have most of the time they'll do a small quick interview with those fighters and then we move on to the main event the Saturday night fights um so yeah this week we've got the main event we've got a championship fight with the goat Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya El Matador Tuporia it's gonna be heavy fight dude it's gonna be a great card big big boys on these cards Oh, uh, yeah. su- surprisingly, this is one of the main events in a long time that has not had a uh, female fighter on it, um, which oh, is interesting. The whole card is all males, at least the main event. I don't know about the uh, uh, prelim event. Oh, sorry. That's another thing that I kind of glazed over. So the we're going to do a little bit of switch up here. If you guys remember our last um, fight breakdown that we had, we went over the early prelim. We went over the prelim as well as the main card. Obviously, that was a lot a lot to take in, and we received from a couple fans and a couple listeners that they would prefer if we just did the main event. And I think the only reason we'd want to do um, the prelim or the early prelims if it's something that really interests, interests us as well as maybe the listener or, or fighters to really look out for, uh, somebody that's on the prelim card, early prelim, that could be making waves into the division uh, that's something we definitely want to hit on. But for this card, oh, excuse me. Uh, for this card, we're going to be doing just the main event. So let's break it down. Anything else you want to add into that, Alex? No, man, I'm excited to bust this thing open. Bust it down. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be very good. So first fight of the night, main card at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Saturday, February 17th. Again, this weekend. We've got a middleweight bout 
against Anthony Hernandez versus Roman Kopilov. I apologize if I butchered that name. I don't know how to read. Okay, next. <laughs> I'm just going to go down the card real quick and then we can uh, dive into the fighters themselves. We have and this one, dude. This one really surprised me that it's not like the co-main. Because Henry Cejudo versus Marab Devalishvili. I don't Again, I don't know how to read. That's a lot of freaking consonants. Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous. Too much, <laughs> too much. Um, but we've got a number two versus a number three. And the number three used to be a champ. It's crazy, dude. It's nuts that they uh, that mm-hmm. this is not the co-main event. Very surprising. Um, and you have two other fights after this card that are not like, I mean, our next fight is eight and number 10. And then the fight after that is number three and number six. It's wild, dude. It's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, I want, do you think it has something to do with just the names in there? Because, I mean, everyone is, I mean, sure, we'll get into it more. But, I mean, Ian Gary, obviously a big up-and-comer, big oh, yeah, hype train. Whitaker Costa is a big one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems, ah, we kind of talked about it last episode you know like uh, was it bantamweight that no that was flyweight that they were thinking of getting rid of right right yeah but even like bantamweight i don't know i feel like kind of these really lightweight divisions don't get the respect they deserve they don't dude which is crazy because these guys like these dudes usually put on phenomenal fights I i don't think i've watched a bantamweight fight that i wasn't like juiced about you know you watch them and it's just very exciting. It's all, uh, it's all crazy. I mean, Henry, mm-hmm. or, sorry, both of our, both of our fight, like top 10, uh, list had, uh, um, freak, uh, Brandon Moreno versus, uh, right, exactly. what's his face? I just forgot his name, but both of those were bantamweight fights and seriously, one of the greatest fights of all time for sure. So Absolutely. yeah, very weird. Uh, but yeah, Marab, Pantoja, that's what it was. Marab Devalish versus Henry Cejudo. Next, we've got, and I, again, I don't know how to say his name. I don't know if it's Gioff or Gioff. Jeff. Or Jeff? Jeff. I think it's Jeff. Jeff? It's Jeff. That's another way to spell Jeff. Don't ask me why. Wow. See, guys, I don't know how to read. Good thing Alex is here. So we got Jeff Neal versus Ian Machado Gary. Uh, Ian Gary has been a rising star. This guy is an absolute menace. Um, he like truly a menace there's been a lot of weird uh <laughs> kind of like uh i guess you can call it like what's that word the like oh man i don't remember what i'm some like uh controversy that's what i was looking for so there's been some weird controversy with him and his wife and then sean strickland and <laughs> some weird stuff going on there i won't dive into that now but it's very oh, odd um, we'll get into it later i'm sure yeah Great fighter, though. I will say that. He is a really good fighter. Um, I think he's got definitely, he definitely has a different style than most people. He likes to finish early. If you catch my meaning. Just kidding. He does finish early, though. He is on a, uh, I think he's on a seven fight uh, first round. So I'm sure he's going to be looking to keep that up. And then he's fighting the number eight, Jeff Neal. Uh, great fighter. He's also been in the UFC for quite some time. So he's a vet or what I would consider a vet. Um, and then we move on to one of the most well-known vets of all time. 
Robert Whitaker. He's number three. This dude has been in the UFC for a long time, and he's a dog. I think everybody loves loves Robert Whitaker, and uh, we all wish that if it wasn't Izzy, it was Robert Whitaker. And unfortunately, we didn't have that wish. <laughs> uh, he is he is great though. The the Reaper, as people call him, he's fighting at number six, Paulo Costa. Dude, Paulo Costa is a freaky looking dude. He is huge. I would be nice. blown away if he wasn't juicing. Blown yeah, away. looking at him, I, I'm a lot of people seem to think he is. Um, he's got to be. I mean, I, looking at him, I'm like, this dude's just very, very committed to having a very good body. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. No, I think I think he's just yeah. He's very committed to training. His obviously a very good diet plan. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I to me he doesn't look like he's juicing. Just you don't think so? Freaking, just amazing genetics. <laughs> freaking. Paulo Costa, dude, he's a menace. Um, Paulo Costa, I kind of talked shit on him earlier, but I think he's still a really good fighter. I think he's a <laughs> he puts on exciting fights. I mean, he fought um, just a, well. The last fight I remember him being in was the Marvin Vittori fight, where he did lose, and then he lost his fight. Or no, did he win that fight against Luke Rockhold? I think he won that fight against Luke yeah, Rockhold. So. Um, that fight was nuts, though. That was filthy, dude. Luke, Luke Rockhold was fighting dirty, bro. He was a. Uh, that was like when Chandler spit all that blood yeah. onto Dustin's face. Like, oh yeah, Luke Rockhold. And you guys can watch videos on this. It was filthy, but Rockhold's face was just bloody and disgusting. He had like a broken nose. He was getting he was getting pretty pieced up by Costa this entire time. Um, but yeah, he's on the ground. They're wrestling, and then Luke Rockhold just starts rubbing his face all over Costa, and it was just filthy, man. There was blood everywhere. It was awesome though. I loved it. You know, I like looking at with Pablo Costa is just pulling up like previous fights and just looking at 2023 canceled, mm-hmm. canceled, canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man. I'm telling you, because the thing is Costa has been on the, like he's been trying to get to the belt for a while now. And so, Oh, and I did get the fights mixed up. So it was Costa versus Rockhold last. And then prior to that was Marvin Vittori versus Costa. Mm-hmm. But Costa fought, so he fought Izzy back in 2020, and Izzy just obliterated him, dude. I think Costa came into that fight like the boogeyman. A lot of people considered it because everyone was saying, oh, well, Izzy's only faced like kind of low-level strikers, and they all go slow with him, blah, 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 this and that. And then uh, it came to this um, Costa fight. People were like, Izzy's going to get wrecked. He's going to get destroyed. and Dude, you watched that fight and it was a masterpiece. It was master class in striking from Izzy. Ridiculous, dude. He he just obliterated him, pieced him up and took him down level by level and then just ended the fight. And then after that, he fought Marvin Vittori, which Vittori also is kind of a fool, um, delusional, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinks he wins the fights when he actually doesn't, but he definitely won that fight. Um <laughs> And then he fought, obviously, Luke Rock, Luke Rockhold, which we've already talked about. But, yeah, we'll kind of, I'm kind of diving into these fighters as we go, but we'll get a little bit deeper into yeah. to what they've done and what we think is going to happen. So, now, for the main event, featherweight, we've got the GOAT, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Tuporia. So, this fight is going to be good. 
I think. Um, I think it's going to be more one of the more exciting fights just because it is Alexander Volkanovsky. And in my opinion, I think he probably has something to prove to himself right now. Um, he's an older guy. He's 35 years old right now. Um, and usually people say that around 34, 35 is when you start to decline pretty heavily. Keep in mind, these guys, most of these guys have been fighting for 10 plus years and your longevity just kind of goes down. The more and more that fights you take, the, the, the more that you're in the ring, your longevity gets cut substantially more when you're older. And so being his last fight, he got knocked out bad and he was 35 then that could really play a huge factor into this. But, uh, I was sending, uh, Carlos and Alex, some, some Instagram <laughs> videos and, uh, he, he put out these videos Volk did of him, like as an old man having to like get help to do a bunch of stuff, which is very funny. You know, I think it's, he knows that people think he's not going to be able to get it done, but we'll see, man. I think, uh, I think he might. We'll see. We'll see. But I don't know. I would love for it for him to be able to win. But we got Ilya Tabori after that. And this guy's a menace, dude. He's he is making waves, too. And he has insane stats in the UFC. We'll dive into those here in a minute. Um, but yes, let's uh, let's dive in just a little bit more. Alex, how does it feel to be sharing a name with somebody like Alex Volkanovsky? Feel sick. Um, I honestly, I'm sure it's very humbling there for Mr. Volkanovsky <laughs> to be able to, uh, have that same name, um, you know, and also share a, a common, um, nickname as well. The great with yeah. myself and also, uh, the original, the great from back in the day. So yeah, to be able to bequeath such a strong and powerful name off to him, um, <laughs> and allow him to achieve the, uh, Grace is sexy as I mean, yeah, I couldn't no, be dude. more happy for him. You're a giver, bro. For real. I'm a big time giver. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Alrighty. So moving on to our first uh first card of the night, we've got Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. He is from Oakland, California, United or sorry, not uh yeah. I think it's Oakland, California. I may yeah. be wrong on that. Um, but United States, he is a striker by choice, uh, age 30. He's been a pro since 2014. Um, dude, his stats are pretty good too. I was looking at this fight, uh, very surprised. I haven't seen him fight, um, more to be honest, but I do think I know why is because he came from Dana White's contender series. So Dana White's contender series is like a, or yeah, it's like a, he just kind of goes around and picks fighters up to see where like kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm stumbling over my words but his contender series is what it sounds like he goes and gets fighters they all fight it's almost like a um tough but in a different sense where it's not a whole season long but you do have these guys fight and fight against each other to get a contract in the ufc and he did come from one of those um he also dana white also has a dana white's looking for a fight I believe Ilya Tuporia came from that. I may be wrong, um, but I know one of these fighters came from it, but we can dive into that in a little bit. However, uh, no matter how good Fluffy Hernandez is, dude, he's going to get clapped. I think he's going <laughs> to lose against Roman. Dude, this guy's a menace. Okay, listen to this. So Roman, 
He's from, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. He's from Russia. Russia. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. He's from Russia. 31 year old guy. Uh, He's got 11 wins by knockout. His knockdown average is 0.94. That is absolutely insane. It's crazy, dude. That's me. That means that almost every single time this guy throws a significant strike, you're getting knocked down, meaning you're kind of getting stumbled back. That is nuts. It is a crazy, crazy knockdown average. Um, <clears throat> so I don't think that uh, our boy Fluffy has any chance in this fight, to be honest. The other thing, too, is that he is he does have a um, five-round finishes, and his submissions are seven. So he's got seven fights that he's won by submission. And usually that is a really good stat. Like, usually that's, uh, I mean, he's going to try to take it to the ground. That's obvious. However, you look at Roman's uh, uh, takedown defense, 92% takedown defense. Crazy, dude. Crazy. This guy is uh, fully built, and <laughs> I don't think he he's uh, looking to go anywhere but up from here on out. So I'm taking our boy, Roman, for this fight. What about you, Alex? Yeah, um, I didn't even need to look at uh, Fluffy too much. As soon as I saw he was facing someone from Russia, I knew it was over. Um, seriously, <laughs> though, if you look at all the Russians and and Dagestanis here, Dagestanis and, and UFC, uh, yeah. they're they're all winning. Um, but yeah, it's crazy because this dude obviously he will knock you out, but you know he's got <laughs> probably insane ground game. Mm-hmm. Well alongside it even though we don't really see as much of it but yeah i i don't see this one really uh going too deep Mm -hmm. yeah man i uh i agree with that i think even if it did go to the ground somehow uh i don't think that roman kind of gives that up at all again like like we stated in the last couple episodes these russian guys are crazy man they they train so so hard and especially to be somewhere in the ufc is like huge for them and so I'm sure he's going to try to put on a, a show for everybody and he takes it by, by a knockout. I'm going to say, yeah, okay, here we go. Here we go. Mark it. Roman by knockout. Second round knockout. That's what I'm saying. Second round knockout. Okay. Okay. I'm what you gonna got? Go. <laughs> uh, I was actually thinking a second round TKO. Okay, TKO. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think Fluffy, Fluffy will do enough to not get absolutely um, lights out. But <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that's a safer. I think it's a safer bet here for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. So I've got you. So I'm uh, I'm gonna say again, r- round two knockout, and you're saying round two TKO. Yes. Okay, and do you uh, do you want to explain to the listeners TKO versus knockout? Um, yes, yes, please. Um, uh, feel free to chime in if I'm explaining yeah, poorly. But obviously, a knockout means uh, you are you are out. You can no longer really function. So the ref is uh, stopping it. Uh, TKO. You're still conscious. You're getting pounded on pretty good, and, and the ref has to come in and stop it because he before you actually get knocked out cold. Um, right. 
but yeah, the TKO, you're you're still really not coming back from it. It's more a uh, lot of protection there for the fighter before things escalate. Yep, hundred percent. And, and I mean, that's the whole reason there's a ref, right? Obviously, they're there to prevent any like illegal uh, maneuvers or anything like that, and to make sure things are going swell within the fight. But the main reason they're there is to protect that fighter. And so, getting knocked out, like no matter how much we all love to see it. Sometimes don't even love to see it. Sometimes you cringe yeah. and you like, oh man, I wish you didn't get knocked out. But getting knocked out, dude, that's bad. That is so oh, yeah. bad for you, for you just in general and for your health and for your brain and stuff. And so ideally they want to, they want to eliminate that factor as much as possible. And so that's what they, uh, that's why they have the TKO to call it a technical knockout because eventually if it would have kept going, they would have been knocked out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Alex, do you want to introduce our next fight? Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Let's Give you the guy it. with the hardest name. Um, so we've got Merab, the purpose, the machine, the <laughs> Vashvili. Um, yeah, there. You it is. all heard that correctly? <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's Devalish, Devalishvili, Devalishvili. I don't know, frick. Yeah, <laughs> just keep yeah, going for sure. <laughs> um, he apparently got what did he steal his nickname from Burt Kreischer? Like, what's going on here? Something. <laughs> yeah, dude, the machine. <laughs> the machine. That's... I'm telling you, they should not be allowed to pick their own nicknames. <laughs> no, they're all so bad. <laughs> they're so bad. <laughs> they're so. Oh, this is who it was. This is Devalish was the one that uh, got. He he was the one that um, was selected by Dana White's looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. That's who it was. Okay, sorry. Anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, this is a, uh, what did I say? Uh, who did I introduce? Yes, um, the bantamweight, um, yes, bantamweight against our boy, Henry Cejudo. <coughs> yeah. Yes, Henry Cejudo. He is, uh, um, again, like we stated in the beginning, he's a dog. He, he was in the UFC prior to, um, and he was a champ. He goes by Triple C because he, he got a uh, two- belts in the UFC, two different weight classes. And he also is a gold medalist, uh, Olympic gold medalist for wrestling. So he's got a lot of very good skill and experience under his belt. Um, so this, this is going to be an exciting fight. Very interesting to kind of dive into it because he did, he did come off of a, um, retirement and he fought Aljamain Sterling, which I don't know, dude. I think there's so many things that he could have done differently within that fight to win. I think it was an easy win for Cejudo. I was very surprised that he didn't win. And I'm very surprised that uh, Sean, um, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Sean O'Malley was able to get that dub, but Cejudo wasn't. I don't know. Just weird because Cejudo's supposed to be like a killer wrestler and all this stuff. But anyway, so interesting thing about Murab here. He and uh, Aljamain Sterling are actually really good friends. And so there was a lot of frustration from the president, uh, Dana White, with Marab, actually, because he didn't want to fight for the title when Aljo was in on the throne because he, they were just too good of friends. So he was like, I don't want to fight my friend, blah, 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 this and that. And then it got to a point where Dana was like, he's either going to have to fight him or he's going to be dropped. And <laughs> luckily then after that, uh, Henry Cejudo came in took that fight and Marab didn't have to. And then after that, he obviously lost. Cejudo did. And then Aljo now lost as well against uh, O'Malley. So 
this is going to be an interesting fight because both these guys are trying to get to that belt again. Uh, this is why I'm more surprised that this fight is not a coming, um, mm-hmm. because it, it seems to hold a lot more weight to it because our UFC 299, which is going to be Sean O'Malley versus uh, Cheeto Vera, that fight is going to essentially decide who these guys fight next. Whoever comes out of this fight on top, let's just say it's Cejudo, he's definitely fighting the winner of that fight, for sure. There's no, there's no chance it doesn't turn out like that. And so I'm very surprised that they wouldn't put this fight higher on the list, if you know what I'm saying. Isn't that weird? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, again, I, I don't know. I, I don't try to understand what goes on in Dana White's head. Yeah, dude, all he cares about is getting oiled up. That freaking menace. <laughs> that bald-headed, oiled-up fool. Uh, we're also trying to start a... <laughs> we're trying to start a hashtag on our Instagram. Again, we do have an Instagram. We did start one, so if you guys do want to follow us, uh, our Instagram name is MMA Amigos Podcast. Um, feel free to give us a... Or sorry, just MMA Amigos, but feel free to give us a follow or a DM even if you want to just ask us questions or anything like that. But if you guys are trying to hop onto that, uh, onto that trend, our hashtag is oiled up Dana and, uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and, uh, hashtag it, send it out, do whatever you want with it, but let's hop into this. So Marab, he is from Georgia. I'm not going to try to pronounce this again. Well, you know what? I'll try Tbils Tbilisi, Tbilisi, Georgia. I don't know if that's right. I apologize if it's not. He's 33 years old. He made his UFC debut in two, tw- or sorry, 2017, December 9th. He's on a fight streak currently, nine fight win streak, and his takedown defense, which is very, I, I highlighted this because it is important, especially fighting a, a fighter like Henry Cejudo. Uh, his takedown defense is 79%, uh, which is great. And that is really good. Again, fighting somebody like Cejudo that has an Olympic olympic gold medal for wrestling specifically and his fighting style is wrestling you want to have somebody that has good takedown defense that can keep the fight active keep it on its feet or even if it does get taken down to the feet they can still kind of brawl and have a good fight um but yeah so we got marab then we got henry triple c cejudo he's fighting out of la united states again his fighting style is wrestling sorry wrestling and he made his octagon debut in 2014, December 13th, uh, very close to Marab's just uh, five years prior to, very interesting, or four, three years prior to. Uh, he has eight wins by knockout, which is very good, especially for, for these smaller guys. Usually they're not dropping bombs, um, but Henry Cejudo has. And uh, he also has a very high takedown defense. So I'm hoping that this fight stays on the feet most of the time. Um, I would say that Henry's probably going to try to do that because he couldn't get that knockout on Aljo. So I'm sure that he's going to do his best to try and stay uh, on his feet so he can get the knockout on his best friend and then uh, call it good. But <laughs> I uh, I don't know about this fight, man. This one was tough. When I was reading it and and kind of doing uh, looking at the stats and stuff, Marab is a good fighter, man. He's fast, he's aggressive, and he keeps a tank almost the entire time he fights it is nuts watching this dude fight he had he just broke the record recently of how many takedowns 
of takedowns uh, attempted and landed, I believe. He was he was fighting uh, Piotr Jan, and he I don't remember exact, the exact stat. I wish I should have written it down, but it was nuts, dude. He was just going, going, going. It was a five-round fight, bro, and he looked like he wasn't even gassed over the, the five rounds. He's a dog. Got a tank. So, I, again, I don't even know. I don't know. What do you think, Alex? What do you think is going to happen in this fight? Uh, I'm taking uh, Marab on this one. Um, okay. I, I think, I don't know, Sehudo, it's interesting. I mean, he's definitely getting up there in age. He's, what, 36 or mm-hmm. so. Um, I just feel like these two, it's going to be just such a good, I don't know, grappling battle, <laughs> I yeah. think. And um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, he lost there to Aljo. Um but Harab's last two fights, I mean, yeah, beating Jan, uh, beating Aldo, a couple of pretty solid wins there. I think he might be one of these that, um, like you said, his his gas tank is probably going to be what helps him on this one. Plus, he's got a, I always like to look at odds on this. I feel like Vegas is... Oh, I forgot to put in the odds. Sorry, guys. I totally spaced about the odds. No, that's fine. Um, but no, I always like to see because Vegas seems to know more uh, about everything than we do. And I mean, they've got more right. it. It's, it's all scripted there. But yeah, he's a, he's a minus 198 favorite on this. Damn. So Holy I mean, yeah, pretty good. Uh, pretty good odds on that one. Um, yeah, that's, those are really good, good odds. Holy smokes. But yeah, I would. Uh, I'll take him on this one, but I think he wins it. I wouldn't be surprised to see this one just go to the judges too. So you think it's going to go to the distance, go the distance? I think it will. Yeah. Okay. So you're, so are you going to take Marab by unanimous split? I will say split. Split decision? Wow. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, dude. So. We got Alex saying Marab at a uh, split decision. That's crazy. I, um, dang it. I still don't know. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to take Henry. I'm going to take Henry. I'm going to go Henry third round TKO. There it is. That's it. Wow. Mark it, TKO. Send it. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of going crazy. All right. All right. I respect it. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm going to send it anyway. I don't even care. I'm like, <laughs> I'm wild like that. You don't, you know, <laughs> I'm it's wild. Um, so just to update you guys really quick because, uh, Alex reminded me of it. I don't know why I forgot it, but let me read out the odds for these fights really quick. So currently there, as far as I know, at least on the UFC website, and I don't know, Alex, if you got them pulled up too, but Anthony Hernandez versus Roman Kopliov currently does not have any odds, betting odds at the moment. Uh, that could change. I'm sure it probably has changed. I just don't know. Maybe the UFC hasn't updated it. Um, but Marab versus Henry. Marab is favored at 198. And Henry's coming in at the underdog at 164. Then we've got Jeff Neal versus Ian. Gary Ian's coming in as the favorite at 245. Neil's coming in at the uh, dog as 200. That's crazy. Dang. Um, 
And then we've got Robbie Whitaker at negative or at the favorite at 205. And then the dog at 170 with Paula Costa. And we got Alex Volkanovsky favored at 112. And Tuporia also favored at 108. Um, so that should be an inter- interesting, uh, interesting fight. That's, that's, uh, huh. I did not know that both of those guys were favored to win. Dang. This should be crazy. Well, wow, very exciting. Okay. So, found uh, Hernandez. Uh, Kopilov's money okay. line on here. So they've got Hernandez at the favorite with a minus 218 and Roman with a plus 180. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Dang. So people think uh, Anthony's going to win. That's yeah. crazy. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll, uh, we'll see it at the end of the end of the night. See who's right. And again, uh, we will be releasing an episode on Sunday just to kind of break down all of our um, guesses, predictions, uh, so you guys can know uh, if we were right or wrong, or you guys can share it with us, and then we'll kind of indulge those as well. But let's move on. So now we move on to Jeff, or Geoff, as I like to call him. Geoff. Just kidding. It's just because I can't read. But Geoff, Hands of Steel, Neil. Now that's a good name. I will say that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good name dude and he even has it with a z it's hands of steel not hands hands of steel he's a baller uh he's fighting ian Mashido, the future gary he's very full of himself by the way uh he definitely is like the dollar store conor mcgregor just a little bit taller but absolutely <laughs> so we've got uh neil fighting out of austin texas and he's fighting style striker, 33 years old. He made his UFC debut in 2018. However, he has been a pro for a long time. He's been a pro since 2012. So again, he's a, he's a kind of a vet in the fighting world. A 33-year-old guy. Again, we just stated a little bit ago concerning uh, Alex Volkanovsky and as well as uh, uh, our uh champ or post champ, whatever you want to call him, um, Henry Cejudo, they're all getting a little bit older. And when you start getting older like that, it gets a lot more difficult as you would guess, especially considering he's fighting a guy that's, uh, almost 10 years, his, his, uh, younger, wiser, whatever you call it. He's 26, <laughs> dude. Gary is. So, I mean, he's got three years, three years difference. Uh, I almost until 10 years, sorry, not different, but, um, yeah, man. Neil is a good fighter, though. He's got some, and he his nickname speaks for itself. He's got nine wins by knockout, and this dude's knockdown average, 1.03. That's crazy. He's beating out our, our Roman. He's, uh, he's, he's got some hands of steel, if you will. He should, he should <laughs> name that. That should be his, like, nickname. Think? I think so, too. Yeah, that would make hands sense. Hands of steel? With, it, like, a Z or something? <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd be so good. Um, to be honest, the uh, the one fight I do remember from uh, and Neil was the fight against uh, Shavkat. He just yeah. recently fought against um, uh, Thompson as well, and I freaking almost cried when he lost. But, dude, Shavkat is he's nuts, dude. He is nuts. He also barely won that fight too. It was a it was a three round fight, and he won it four minutes seventeen seconds. So there's only a few seconds left in that round, and then. It definitely, I think he still would have gone to uh, Shavkat, but I mean, Neil's putting up a good fight, but yeah, tough to see him lose that time. I don't really, I'm not a huge 
fan of Shavkant, and so I've been wanting him to <laughs> lose, but I don't think he's going to lose anytime soon. I'm sure he takes the throne at some point. I would say, I would say we see him fighting for the champ belt this year, some point. I'd yeah. actually be willing to put money on that. But yes, back to our main main fighter, Neil. So he's got nine wins by knockout. Again, his nickname speaks for itself. He does have good takedown accuracy at 44%. Um, but I think the biggest thing that is kind of, again, kind of hinder his ability to be able to win the fight is his age. He's not what he used to be. He's not as fast as he used to be. And he's fighting a hype train. Probably one of the biggest hype trains we've seen in a long time, especially because of the um, stuff going on with he and his wife. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, like, a, what, well, what's that word? Uh, yeah, cuckold. Pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's pretty sad. That whole, I don't know. It's super weird. Um, but yeah, dude, I think this is, this is definitely the biggest thing that is going to hinder his ability is, is Gary's speed, his age and the hype train. Uh, keep in mind, Gary right now is on a five fight win streak prior to the, his last fight, he was winning, uh, by knockout almost every single time. So the only fight that he hasn't won by knockout or by TKO or submission was against Neil Magny, which was actually on our last card. Uh, he won by unanimous decision on the, uh, the very end of the third round. So I think it, it's, again, I, I think for somebody like this guy that has been winning every single fight by knockout and he is on a fight, fight, five fight win streak that wants to be the next thing. I mean, he says it in his stupid freaking nickname, the future. So <laughs> dumb, dude. Again, these guys should not be able to pick their own nicknames. I'll say <laughs> it now and I'll say it for the rest of my life. They're all <laughs> shit. So, um, yeah, man, I think this guy's got something to prove, you know, especially with all the stuff going on with his uh, personal life. Yeah, I think he wants to go in and show the fans that he uh, he's still a really good fighter, which he is, man. I think he's a really good. Uh, he's got very good striking capabilities and he's very efficient with his iq so i don't know i think i'm gonna give this one to to gary i would say i'm gonna say oh you know what i don't know maybe i'll take maybe i'll just go crazy maybe i'll take neil like freaking first round knockout something crazy to happen that'd be awesome okay yeah you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go i'm gonna say neil First round knockout. Yeah, I'm feeling good about that. Yeah. All right, what about you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, man, as much as I want to, you know, cheer for a, uh, a fellow Texan here, <sighs> I don't see it happening. He's, yeah, I think the age difference is going to be a, a huge factor here. And I mean, Neil's, yeah, kind of on the decline here. Um, yeah. You know, a very, very well-known veteran, but... Like you said, nowhere near what he used to be. And Gary is quite the opposite here. And uh, I think, yeah, you, you said it right. Um, Gary's got a lot to prove here. He knows that. And despite all the jokes we want to make about him and how stupid he is in his personal life and um, little simp boy. Um, He's a I simp. Think, truly a I simp. Think, uh, <laughs> I think he is a hell of a fighter and he's, probably going to knock the lights out of Gary, uh, sorry, out of Neil, out of Neil. um, okay. in the one of the, in the first two rounds. Um, 
Okay, so yeah. you're taking you're taking Gary for second round knockout. Uh no, I'm a, I'm gonna say a second round TKO. Actually, second round TKO. Okay, yeah. all right, we've got Alex a second round TKO for Gary, and again I am first round KO for Neil. So we'll see how that plays out. I let me just be clear, I do think Gary's gonna win this fight, but I'm just trying to go crazy, dude. I'm just trying yeah. to go against the crowd. I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. You should put some money there on Neil and uh and then lose it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine get, though? It's pretty good nuts. odds. <laughs> dude, I wonder what the odds are on him winning by first round knockout. <laughs> I'd be very interested to see that actually. I bet it's probably insane. Sometimes, dude, those odds can get up to like a thousand if he does win by knockout. That'd be insane. But so, to get a really good payout on this, you should find, uh, um, yeah, where like a two leg parlay here. You can bet on a uh, first round knockout by Neil with sort of a side leg of if Neil or if Gary's wife stays with Gary if he gets knocked out or if she oh, goes and finds. Geez. She goes yeah, and I bet spends the odds night on that is going to be a huge payout. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. The odds are gonna, the parlays, yeah. If you it, Geoff or Geoff, geez, uh, Jeff wins by knockout, and uh, Gary's wife goes and spends the night with Dana White. <laughs> Oils him up. Oils up Dana. Oiled up Dana. Yeah, that's what's up. Hashtag oil up Dana. Uh, Hit it up. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Poor Enough Gary, about dude. This. As much as a freaking. <laughs> douchebag that kid is it's rough man dude sometimes i kind of feel bad but then i look at him 26 dude like that must be so rough it's so tough like you're in the limelight you're a 26 year old guy and everybody has insight in your personal life like it can't be easy you know no matter how much we shit on him like it must be still pretty rough to do to be doing what he's doing but i don't know we'll see uh we'll see how this fight goes i think uh I do think Gary gets it done, but I'm going to say, I'm just going to go with Neil. Let's go freaking wild on it, you know? I like it. All righty. Now to our co-main event. We've got Robert, the Reaper Whitaker versus Paolo, the Eraser Costa. See, dude, again, bro, what the hell is that? The Eraser? That's so stupid. The Reaper, though, that's a money freaking nickname. (laughs) That is beautiful. Love it. Totally fits him. He's great. Um, okay. So yes, he, uh, Robert Whitaker is fighting out of Australia. Oh, I don't know. Again, I don't know how to read Atahua, Australia. Uh, his fighting style is Brazilian jujitsu BJJ. Uh, too bad tiny feet or tiny socks isn't here. Cause he could speak a little bit more on that. I don't know if you guys remember from the last episode, but he is, uh, a Brazil. He is I guess studying training in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, pretty good at it too. You guys, next time we have him on, or next time he hops onto the episodes, we can uh, have him speak on it. But he's it's crazy. I think he broke the uh, the Utah you know amateur record for fastest person to get a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Like he's been training for what like a few months now, and he's already a black belt. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's he, insane. I think he got his black belt um like a month into it. I don't know what those other guys are doing, but dude, no one's gonna tiny feet got it. So (laughs) yeah, that's true. (laughs) Way to go, go, Uh, tiny feet. (laughs) Way to go, tiny socks. You freaking did it, dude. (laughs) Um, 
Okay, so yes, he made his Octagon debut in 2012. Again, like I said in the beginning, this guy is a vet, dude. He's been fighting for a long, long time. He's been in the UFC for a minute, and uh, I think a lot of people really like him. You know, he's a great fighter. He's um, very easygoing, very cool, calm, collected. And I think that's one of the reasons why people really like him. People would love to see him as a, a champ again. He was intern champ, interim champ for a little bit there, uh, but he did lose that belt to Israel Desanya back uh, in 2019, I believe. Um, but then, uh, yeah. So I would love to see this guy again be in the championship or champ contention again. I think he might be if he does beat Paulo Costa. I think he is into that uh, uh, running once again. Um, I think if he doesn't, I can very well see him retiring on Saturday night. If he if he takes a pretty bad beating or if he if something goes awry, like ends it quick, Paulo Costa beats him. I just don't think that uh, I don't I don't really see Whitaker wanting to do this very much longer, to be honest. And that's why I'm thinking this is probably his last run for the belt. If he does win, and hopefully he does, because then maybe we can see another title fight by him here in the next uh, little while. But if he doesn't, I think he retires. Uh, and then we've got Paulo Costa, which is also a dog as well. He's fast. He's young er, younger. He's only about a year younger, actually, but he has not been fighting in UFC as long as Whitaker has. So Whitaker's got five years on him. Uh, Paulo Costa made his debut on March 12th of 2017. He's a big boy, dude. Again, I'm convinced this dude is on freaking steroids. He's huge. Uh, fighting style, striker. He has got 11 wins by knockout, nine first-round finishes. I mean, those stats speak for themselves. You can already tell what this kind of guy is and how he fights. You know, he's a he's a heavy hand, just kind of throwing bombs like crazy. You know, when you see him fight, I don't think he has the best of like sort of a style, if you will. He's not even a great striker, um, but he's got some bombs on him. He's got he should be this guy should be hands of steel, bro. <laughs> instead of Paulo the eraser Costa it should be like Paulo Iron Fist Costa oh see that's way better <laughs> I should just be the, Dana listen to me right now dude I will oil up your big bald head if you let me name their nicknames okay just trust me dude I'll oil up your bald head and then you can go slap your wife and do whatever you want <laughs> go do cocaine freaking yell about slap fest whatever the f you want as long as i get a name these dudes nicknames i'm down come on dude paulo iron fist costa that sounds way better than the eraser the eraser man this is probably one of the worst ones i've ever heard it's horrible it's garbage <laughs> uh paulo if you're hearing this too um uh, feel free to use that royalty free i don't care go ahead take it okay so yes first First round finishes nine. He's got takedown defense 79%. Both these guys are not huge, uh, um, like, wrestlers. I mean, obviously, you have Whitaker that is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but he's going to be more, he is a pretty good striker, but he is going to try to take it down to the ground, which I think that does play a factor into kind of Costa's game in this situation. The only thing that I was a little hesitant by that stat 79% takedown defense makes it sound really good but 
you think about the people that he's fought, Marvin Vittori, Israel Adesanya, Luke Rockhold, all these guys are bigger guys that are strikers, that are kickboxers, that don't really take things to the ground. So fighting somebody like a Whitaker that is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, uh, artist, you know, he's gonna, he may try to take it down, and we could really see some holes in Paulo Costa's game, especially considering it's going to the ground. Um, I do believe he was taken down a handful of times by Marvin Vittori during that fight. And um, obviously Marvin beat him. So we'll see. We'll see how this fight goes. I, again, though, I really don't think Costa's that strong of a fighter. I stated in the beginning, I'm surprised he's even ranked this high. He's number six right now. Uh, I just think it was because Izzy kind of cleared out this whole division, in my opinion. Uh, so a lot of these fighters, the, their rankings just are not, they're they're skewed, if you will. But I think Whitaker takes this. I don't know how, though. What are your thoughts, Alex? Yes, uh, I'm taking, well, actually, um, is it possible to bet that this fight doesn't actually happen? <laughs> because You think they um, cancel it because of weight? Yeah, I mean that's why his nickname is the Eraser. He's just the erasing eraser. his. I erase fights, your right? salary because well, because I won't yeah. fight you. <laughs> I I don't believe I will not believe Costa is actually fighting this until Bruce Buffer actually calls his name in the <laughs> octagon. This dude, my goodness, for a freaking professional fighter, and your job is to make weight. That's the only thing you have to do leading up to the fights, and this dude can't do it. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. No, I agree. I do agree. I do agree with you 100%. I think, uh, and this is kind of like a big gripe that a lot of fighters have had. And I think a lot of fans even too, because these guys like, and I think I always bring up Izzy because obviously I pay attention to him quite often. So I remember a lot more what he says, but Izzy said it too, is like a lot of these dudes, they fight and that probably is most of their income, but they're also doing stuff on the side. You know, a lot of these guys have brand deals. They have other things going for them. So this is not their main source of income at time times. And so they're not so inclined to be making weight, especially when you don't make weight and Dana only cuts like, I don't know, 10% of your purse. Like it's not that much in, in all reality. Like obviously if you're making like, like six figures in one night, yeah, 10% can make a pretty big cut. but Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to find you like 15K. When a fighter's making like, I don't know, 120 or something. Yeah, 15K is a lot. But compared to getting cut like 60% of your purse, that's way more aggressive, you know? So you'd be a lot more inclined to want to make weight. Um, but yeah, just to kind of echo what Alex was saying about that weight thing, because it is frustrating. It is frustrating because then you uh, you'd be looking forward to this fight and then it all kind of falls apart because of some chump that can't make weight yeah it's just i don't know it's so unfair to the opponent that's you know put in eight weeks at camp just yeah. killing themselves doing all that and then killing themselves for them to make weight and then just for your fight to get canceled like oh, yeah. I don't know, at a certain point uh, i don't know i don't care how much dana likes a fighter or how much money they can bring in for the ufc you got to get rid of people like this that just waste everyone's time and really screw up these promotions and yeah but 
Uh, regardless, even if this dude does show up um, at weight, um, I still am going to take uh, our boy Whitaker on this. Probably, mm-hmm. <sighs> man, I'm just going to say this will probably go to decision. That's actually what I was getting. So I've got Whitaker at unanimous decision. That's my call as well. That's what you're going with? All right, cool. We got two unanimous decisions. Um, yeah, I I don't know. The reason I'm saying it is because I think Whitaker's probably just going to take his time, not go too crazy. Again, I think this is going to be his final run at the title. And so I don't think he's going to try to go like over the top just because that could put him in a tough spot where he could get knocked out. He could just make a mistake and do something stupid. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a good call to go, excuse me, to go unanimous decision Whitaker third round. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, just, uh, again, to <laughs> echo what you're talking about is the, the canceled fights. Like one of my favorite fighters, and I've said it before, Steven Thompson, uh, he was supposed to fight earlier this year or earlier last year in 291. But again, another, uh, another, uh, Brazilian brother, uh, he, his name is Michael or Michelle. I don't know what you want to call him. Michelle. I don't know. Pierre. He was also, uh, pulled from the fight and he canceled the fight essentially. So Thompson, they went to Thompson. Oh, this was actually the, this was the fight here in, in Utah, actually. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Right. This is the fight in Utah where. He was supposed to fight, but then uh, Pereira couldn't make weight. And so they went to Thompson. They were like, hey, your boy can't make weight. Uh, You want to still fight? And he was like, no, I don't want to fight because that's going to be unfair. Like I did my due diligence. I made made my weight and uh, I should be fighting somebody that also is respecting the sport enough to make their weight as well. Uh, Mind you, like I totally get making weight can be so tough sometimes. It can be rough, man. Like I remember when I was fighting, like there were times where I had to sleep with a, with uh bags on my feet through the night to sweat through the night. And, uh, I would eat a bunch of, um, like tangerines and then go sit in the shower, like super hot shower to hope in hopes of like, kind of like evacuating a bunch of fluids out of myself and then, uh, um, sweating everything out, you know? And so I get it. Like it can be hard. Obviously I probably don't know anywhere near what these guys are doing because they're a lot more aggressive about dropping weight and making weight than I am than I was. Sorry. But at the same time, if you're a professional fighting in this manner and at the scale that you are with the UFC, you should be expected to make weight every time. If you can't do it, then you're again, Alex said it perfect. You're just wasting everybody's time. You know, these guys are at their camps for a long time. They're doing what they can. And, uh, you know, not to make weight is kind of shitty. So I really, really hope that, uh, that doesn't happen for this fight. I would be upset. I, um, I wonder who would be the backup for this fight. Wonder if, uh, wonder if Izzy would take it, to be honest. I doubt it. Actually, I doubt it. I don't think he'd want to fight Whitaker right now. Yeah. I think that'd be stupid if he did. Um, I mean, I'm sure it would be kind of like, you know, Volk in his last fight where you're like, wow, that's, Props to you, man. You are the go. You're taking, you know, a last minute fight there and putting mm-hmm. everything on the line, but I don't like it. And I wish Volk hadn't done that. And I hope Izzy would not do that or mm-hmm. even like 
Duplessis or Strickland, none of those guys should take this fight. It, it does nothing for them. Right, yeah. I think uh, maybe Vittori might be a good one as a backup, but I don't know. Vittori just beat Whitaker too. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I'd be interested to see if Dana White is considering some sort of backup just just because of Costa's track record, but I guess we'll see. I think uh, Vittori lost to Whitaker and, but beat Costa, right? Uh, I thought, uh, I thought, uh, or no, 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 sorry, sorry. Duplessis beat Whitaker. Yeah. That's what I'm remembering. Sorry, Duplessis beat Whitaker. So yeah, maybe actually Vittori might be a good fight for Whitaker. That actually it's, would be a good fight. Yeah. It's, I do like looking at the last three of both of these because they're mm-hmm. very interesting. Both lost to Izzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costa lost to Vittori. And then Whitaker beat Vittori, but then... Whitaker lost to Duplessis. Costa beat Rockhold, but... Yeah, I mean, I Rockhold was on his way out anyway. <laughs> You're right. That dude was ancient during that yeah. fight. He was in and out of the cage with his walker. But uh, <laughs> Duplessis, I mean, I mean that, yeah, that, that's a good loss there for Whitaker. Yeah, uh, I think so, especially considering he's a champ, champ exactly. now. Yep. So, yeah, yep. I don't know, man. I hope this fight goes through. I'd be upset. I think, I think, uh, I would actually be willing to bet if Costa doesn't make weight, UFC drops him. I hope so. And they yeah. give Whitaker the full purse. That's a yeah, good, nice. I just feel like that's the way to get these peak fighters to take weight, weighing seriously is you lose your entire purse. The other guy gets it. Yeah. That would be defeating as hell, dude. Can you imagine? I mean, that's what better way to give these guys a lesson than to take away their money. Yeah, it's true. hundred percent. But Hey, I'm just going to say it again. I just, I hate the way they do weigh-ins and this. And it's, it's like, they always say it's just sanctioned cheating. Cause none of these guys, these guys are all fighting in weight divisions that are nowhere near what they actually mm-hmm. weigh. And then they freaking day of the fight or back up to these, enormous weights yeah. that are 20 pounds <laughs> heavier than the weight class there just make these guys fight at their actual weight class yep no i agree it's crazy man it's nuts i but the the only thing is like i don't know like it'd be so hard to mitigate that or yeah to mitigate it you know because a fighter could come in do a hydration test and then it says oh you're you're healthy safe weight would be 150 or whatever you know but you could be drinking water all day long for three weeks prior to that and then skew the result like crazy you know so that's the hard thing with uh and i don't even think that's how they do them anymore is with a water exam but maybe not sure how they they go about that but yeah all right let's move on to our last fight of the night the big one the heavy dog is our main event of the evening our current champ, Alexander Volkanovsky, is defending his belt against Ilya El Matador Tuporia. Oh, sorry, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Um, this one's tough, man. I had such a hard time deciding what I was going to do with this because I love Volk, man. I love this guy. He's like one of my favorite fighters, to be honest. He's a super cool guy, super chill, and he's great. You know, he, he's got a background in rugby. How many, how many UFC fighters can say that they are, they used to be like professional rugby players and then they made a move to the UFC. I think that just really proves like how much of a dog he is. Um, but 
Ilya Tuporia, dude, he is insane. He's like one of the fastest strikers I've ever seen. And he's got crazy, crazy stats. Nine first round finishes, four wins by knockout, eight wins by submission, one win by decision. That's wild. That essentially tells you like he is a extremely well-rounded fighter. Mind you, Alex has awesome stats as well. He's got 13 wins by knockout, three wins by decision, nine wins by, or sorry, three wins by submission, nine wins by decision, seven first round finishes. So again, both these guys are dogs, man. He's got bombs. Alex does. He can throw down. He can also wrestle as we saw in the uh, Makachev, Makachev fight. Uh, we, we know that he can strike just as well as he can wrestle and he can also defend while he's wrestling, which is awesome. Again, that's what you want in champ. Um, but dude, Ilya is just fast, man. He's young again. These guys are just young. He's 27. He's fighting a 35 year old. Like it's just, I don't know. This fight was really hard for me. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, you're exactly right. That's the thing is, I mean, Volk is in the talks with, you know, one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. I, I mean, I think he's still up there as, you know, arguably the best in the UFC or one of the best, uh, definitely in his weight class. But that's the thing is, yeah, he's 35 years old, coming off of a really nasty knockout from Islam. And then, yeah. Ilya is just, he's the next, I mean, at some point he's he's going to be the next Volkanovsky in that weight class and he's going to have an insanely long reign. But that's the thing that scares me the most about this is, you know, we all kind of know that those kinds of knockouts, especially that kind of head kick, can absolutely change a fighter forever. And some of them are never the same fighter after that. And I'm just terrified that's what happened uh, to Volk here. So, I mean, we'll see, but I'm like you. I I love the guy. He's probably behind Dustin, probably my favorite fighter in the whole UFC. And I'd love to see him hang on to that belt. But I think I wouldn't be surprised to see if this is when Ilya kind of takes over. And Mm -hmm. yeah, plus Ilya's got probably the sickest tattoos (laughs) in the UFC. Yeah, they're dope. Yeah, they're they're sweet, man. He's He's a dog. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is a really tough fight for me. I still am not 100% sure on my decision. Uh, I think the only thing that really is kind of um, swaying me a little bit more toward Alex is his tenure in the UFC and fighting in general. Um, Ilya Teporia recently made his debut. I guess not recently. Man, damn, dude. Freaking COVID effed everything up. My, My scale of time is so skewed now so bad because <laughs> i was thinking i was like oh he's debuted in 2020 that was like two years ago we're in 2024 now it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so he he debuted four years ago but alex debuted uh 10 years ago now so it's been a long time man he's been in ufc for a long long time and he's got a lot of skills he's got a lot of tenure in the ufc mind you like again we speak on this also when these guys get older they st- they tend not to be themselves. And again, like Alex stated it earlier, he's coming off of a really, really bad knockout. Kicks to the back of the head. F you up, man. And uh, man, Alex, maybe you're just a bad luck, bro. 
because Alex Alex Volkanovski got knocked out like that, and Dustin got knocked out like that too. Dude, I know. I I just gotta I gotta quit. I I think I should be done with mixed martial arts for a while. Yeah, just call it good. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's funny. No, that's why you start rooting for the people you don't like and hope they get knocked out really bad. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you, you should have picked Costa to win, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, Coast is not showing up, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I think, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, like I was saying earlier, the only thing that really stands out to me in this situation is the fight against Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez was supposed to be the next big thing, in my opinion. Um, he's a really great striker. He's very, very like out of the box, unorthodox with the way he fights. It's very fun to watch, but dude, Alex put on a clinic that night too. He made it seem like Yair was like, he was like levels above Yair. And I think people really thought that Yair was going to probably put a, a very close call on Alex throughout that fight or even take the, the, the champ, but he didn't like, it was not even a challenge for him. It seemed so. I don't know. I think that's the only thing that's really making me feel like maybe Volk can take it. So I'm going to say Volk uh, second round TKO. Okay. Uh, One thing I did want to note here is Mm -hmm. the odds on this. It's both favored. I'm surprised that Volk is favored in this one. Um, I thought like or I don't know maybe I don't know if it changed but I thought going into this fight that Ilya was the favorite, um, but I don't know I could be wrong there. Um, yeah, I think I, I mean they're live odds, so they they change yeah. and fluctuate so often, so it's hard to like really say what's going to happen until even during the fight they fluctuate. So right, yeah, I mean it, it really doesn't mean a whole lot going into the fight. Um, mm-hmm. I just always kind of think it's interesting, you know, with these. Um, odds makers are looking at what they pay attention to but right. no I think <laughs> as much as I want Volk to win I think he can do it nothing good seems to happen to me and my fighters uh, <laughs> as of late so I guess I'll take uh, Ilya mm-hmm. in this one um, and I say he wins by submission in uh, really round three Round three. Okay, this is a five fight, five fight round. So yep. Okay, so you're saying round three submission, Ilya? Wow, that's yeah, interesting. It's, it's gonna be wild, man. I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put the house on that, and uh, we'll house. see. We'll see where it goes. I'll either be homeless or uh, <laughs> upgrading big time. Yeah, you might be upgrading big time. That's <laughs> crazy, man. I uh, I'm surprised you're going with submission to be honest, just because. Uh, we saw Brian Ortega almost try to submit Volk, but he held through, bro. Mind you, though, I mean, definitely a different different fighter, different style. So, might see something crazy. That's yeah, a, and we, uh, I know we know that Topuria can. Uh, he's got the the ground game. I mean, he yeah, he definitely does. Threw Mitchell into a triangle choke, which I mean, I guess it doesn't really mean anything. It's like putting me into a triangle <laughs> choke. So, dude, Bryce um, Mitchell is supposed to be the next big thing too. 
Oh man! And he just got <laughs> yeah, clapped so by Emmett Josh Abbott too. Took his head off, <laughs> dude. Um, you know what's crazy is that uh, Tuporia actually beat Emmett prior to yeah. that too. So his last fight was against Emmett. And then, yeah, and Emmett's and now and destroyed not an Mitchell. easy fight. Emmett is no, he's a not. Really he's terrifying. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm sorry, Bryce Mitchell. You're a great guy. I still like you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but Volk is even though yeah, coming off of a uh, couple of losses there to Islam. Again, that was up a weight class against arguably is Islam number one pound for pound right now. No, or is no, that John Jones? So still? John Jones. Yep. So okay. it's John well, okay. Jones, then it goes uh, um, Makachev, then Volk. Okay. Well, who knows when Jones is going to be fighting again? So we're going to say Islam is number one pound for pound. Islam's my one. <laughs> and fighting up a weight class. So I mean, those again, really, really good losses. I mean, not really much he can do there. So. And he took it off short notice too. Like exactly. Like that's exactly. huge. Like that's huge. A week's notice or something, or just a few days. Yeah. I think it was like a week or something. That's huge, really man. stupid decision yeah. on his part. If you ask me, but whatever. Um, oh, yeah. so no, I think he can do it. But again, uh, given my record here, uh, I guess I can't go for Volk. You can't go for Volk, bro. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. You got Tuboria at a th- round three, right? Finish submission. Round three. Yeah. Dang. I hope I'm well, wrong. I hope you're wrong too. I would love to see him again, or I would love to see Volk ride it out again. But me too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think. Uh, oh, here's a question. Do you think if Volk does win this, does he retire? And if he loses, does he retire this weekend or does he uh, continue fighting? I don't think he does. I don't think he retires. Okay. So you think even if he wins or loses, he doesn't retire? Yeah, I don't think he will. I think he's still, I, I don't know. Part of me is just holding out hope that he wants one more shot at Islam but. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be awesome. That would be great to see um, Volk continue to fight. I think, uh, again, like he's coming from a, oh, oh crap, I don't remember his gym, but there's a lot of good fighters out of that mm-hmm. gym. You know, Izzy comes out of the same gym. You got Volk and then, uh, oh, shoot, forgot his name. Oh, freak, I don't remember the other guy's name, but I mean, dude. I think it'd be really tough to see Volk go, but I really, I think it's a very high likelihood that he does retire this weekend. I could see it a hundred percent. He's 35 again. Like no matter how much he makes jokes about it and stuff, like he's a 35 year old guy. He just got knocked out bad. Like there's not much more that can, uh, that you can really go for, especially considering that he's already tried to move up a class. And yeah. get to that like double champ status, he's definitely going to be a goat, dude. No way they don't put him in the Hall of Fame for what he's done. But I don't know. I could see him. I could see him leaving the UFC or retiring from the UFC after this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. But yeah, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> you don't want to no. cry. Me neither. No, we're just going to pretend uh, there's no possibilities there. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well. Those are our, that's our breakdown of UFC 298. Um, and again, just to fact check myself and to reiterate what we were talking about earlier, Oliver was stripped of his title. Uh, he came in at half a pound overweight. 
for uh, his championship bout. So especially in a championship event, not making weight is like the stupidest thing you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. You know, because at that point you're like top of the league, you're top dog, you're champ. You know, you should be able to make weight and not making it. I'm kind of glad they stripped him. It was tough to see because I do like Ollie, but I don't know. Good call to strip him from the belt. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's the breakdown, guys. Um, this uh, this hopefully is going to be a really good card for us. And uh, we're Carlos, myself, and uh, Alex are all going to be watching it. So we'll make sure to get you guys updated on the following week or morning. It may be either Sunday or Monday, depending on how our schedule looks like on recording, but we'll make sure to get you guys uh, updates on the fights. Again, give us a follow on Instagram, MMA Amigos. We will try to post there as often as we can. We all work full time, so it is tough at times to get there, but we'll do our best. Um, and we'll obviously will answer any DMs we receive or anything like that. If you guys want to reach out, give us uh, suggestions on the episodes, what you guys want to hear more, what you guys want to hear less. Uh, but yeah, we will look forward to the fights. Oh, again, one last reminder: we will be jeez, re- re- we will be releasing a another episode later this week after we've watched the pre-fight presser as well as um, the weigh-ins. So look forward to that. Uh, but yeah, you've got uh, MMA amigos here. My name is Gabe. I'm Alex. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye.